This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, the B.C. Court of Appeal has ruled that the province cannot restrict oil shipments through its borders. That's a decision that marks a win for the future of the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. Now, this was a constitutional reference question that had been sent to the court by the B.C. NDP government asking whether BC had the authority to create a permitting regime for companies in regards to what they were shipping through the pipeline. But this was a unanimous decision by a five-judge appeal court panel that said this proposed legislation was not constitutional because it interferes with the federal government's exclusive jurisdiction over interprovincial pipelines. So let's break all of this down, talk about what this means, the potential impact of it. Joining us now, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry. Hi, Keith. Hey, Simi. Okay, so this is very significant, but do we know what the next move is here? David Eby is going to have a news conference. The Attorney General will have a news conference at 11 a.m. He may uh, announce that BC is appealing this ruling, or he may announce that it'll take the proverbial few days to study this thing before appealing. Uh, they have the right, as a, as a provincial government, to appeal to the Supreme Court of Canada, even though this was a decisive, unanimous ruling from the BC Court of Appeal. Uh, I have yet to meet a lawyer or a legal observer who thought the BC had any chance at all right. on this case in court. So I, again, don't think uh, anybody out there is going to think they're going to succeed on this appeal, given the decisive ruling here and the, the fact it was unanimous. And I think uh, the BC NDP now might be a little vulnerable to accusations of just wasting tax dollars by going after a fruitless legal claim here. So no surprise today. Big win for the Trans Mountain Project, uh, a setback for the BC government. But, you know, Simi, from day one, I've never got the feeling that the Horgan government was all in on opposing this pipe. Really? Its heart just wasn't in it. Uh, It announced early on it had no legal jurisdiction to stop this pipeline for everything it said in opposition. Uh, It had no ability to stop the permits, to, to really do anything other than concoct this somewhat obscure... Uh, legal argument that nobody thought was going to be be successful in court, anyways. And again, I go back to knowing John Horgan for you know almost 25 years. He comes from the energy sector in terms of his background as a civil servant. He was very much a proponent of pipelines and energy projects when he worked for the NDP government in the 90s. I just don't see him being you know emotionally attached to blocking this mm-hmm. pipeline. I think his priorities lie elsewhere. Do you think then that this now gives them some cover to say, hey, we tried? Yeah, I think that's been the game plan all along, that we've done you know, what we could do. Already I see, though, environmental groups, uh, West, the Wilderness Committee and others saying, uh, well, that's, that's not good enough. You've got to do more. Uh, Peter McCartney from the Wilderness Committee saying that uh, he's got to find more tools in his toolbox than just this one. And I'm not, uh, you know, he suggests they can get rid of uh, abandoning what they say is the equivalency agreement and entered with the federal government and order its own environmental assessment. It says uh, they say they could add conditions to the provincial certificate, uh, like demonstrating the ability to clean up the limited bitumens fill completely. Uh, but again, I just don't see the Horgan government making any further effort here other than perhaps appealing this court decision, which again was very decisive and against the government's uh, legal arguments here, which it really was uh, shattered by this judgment at the end of the day. Right. I also had questions too about this. It was so decisive. It clearly lays out where the federal government has jurisdiction here. But what does this also mean for Alberta's turn off the TAPS bill? Well, I think some of the analysis I've seen on that is that uh, that's not quite the same thing, because uh, here you have a province trying to stop 
the flow of uh, a product coming from another province. In Alberta's case, it's something that originates in Alberta. And does the province have the ability just to say, well, we're not going to, it starts here and we just don't, we're not going to put it in the pipe anymore. Uh, and that may be a, le- a different legal argument uh, it, that, uh, that Alberta uh, makes if it ever does get to court. I mean, it's a, it's a unique, I don't think, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think any of us were talking about who's got the right to put stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, where, and who's got the right to stop it. It's, and it's now an interesting uh, court challenge on both sides. But I think Alberta might have a stronger case here than, uh, again, not being a lawyer, but some of the analysis I've seen online is that Alberta's case is fundamentally different than BC's case. You make a good point, though, about if that one ever gets to court, it may not do that. And in this case, they specifically sent it to court to decide this question. Yes, this was a reference case. It was one uh, that they um, they wanted the courts to, to uh, resolve. In fact, they asked the, the federal government to refer this immediately to the Supreme Court of Canada, and the Fed said, no, you don't even have any jurisdiction here, so we're not, we're not going to do that. Uh, so this was, again, this is sort of concocted out of uh, almost thin air by the BC NDP. This was not contemplated or even talked about in the election campaign or in the run-up to the election campaign. You got the impression from the NDP in opposition that they were going to do the old lie down in front of the bulldozers type yeah. thing uh, in, uh, if, if this pipeline were to proceed. Once they get into government, they had a legal analysis. They don't really have a lot of tools to block this thing, and they concocted this court case that nobody thought had much of a chance of success, and sure enough, uh, the Court of Appeal confirmed that. Okay, so this case aside then, is there anything else that they have that they're ready to do or seemingly prepared to do at this point to slow this down? No, we've been asking that question for some time and have yet to see any evidence they have any more tools at their disposal rather than this, this particular one. It, it's interesting, the, the ND, John Horgan never wants to talk about the Kinder Morgan Pipeline or the Trans Mountain Pipeline. George Heyman doesn't bring it up. And this is something that only comes up if we ask them about it. It's not volunteered, which tells me, again, if a government doesn't want to talk about something, it's usually not interested in it. And they haven't wanted to talk about the Trans Mountain Pipeline since the day they got into office. It's something they hope just goes away as a political issue. And uh, now that this court has ruled this way, I don't suspect uh, you're going to see the NDP find any more tools in that toolbox, which turns out to be a very small one. Right. So let's also be clear here, too, and you pointed this out many times, Keith, this ruling aside, this court case aside, none of it has actually impacted the work on the Trans Mountain Pipeline. No, this is this is where Jason Kenney, I think, is, uh, has to be called to account. He keeps claiming BC's trying to block, is, is blocking the pipeline, you know, full stop. BC's done nothing to block the pipeline. It's granted every permit that's in front of it. It has a lot more pending, but it has not stopped any permits. It's allowed work to proceed. The only real obstruction to the pipeline came from the municipality of Burnaby, which lost 20-plus court uh, judgments on this, uh, from various other court applications, including the federal Court of Appeal, which ultimately stopped the pipeline because it said there was not adequate consultation with First Nations, which is why the government has spent months now consulting with First Nations, and we expect the the green light for the project to be given again on June 18th uh, after the consultations are over. But BC, really, you're right to me, BC's just never been part of this conversation of blocking the pipeline. It's had this obscure constitutional reference question, and that's it. Uh, BC actually has been the one jurisdiction that's expedited the project because it keeps granting permits. 
Right. Okay. Which is funny how that never just seems to kind of make it into the narrative, though, does no. it? No, it doesn't. And again, Jason Kenney, you know, he's, and, and Rachel Notley, you know, that suits their political purposes to paint BC True. as the bad guy here. But really, at the end of the day, the BC government really hasn't done much. And that's why I think you see a lot of environmental groups expressing frustration today and, and disappointment because they're realizing that they, they thought was an ally in blocking the pipeline turns out to be a very small, small tool in a very small toolbox. So then do you think, is there any route here for them to move forward and try anything else? Or do you think they're just going to say, well, we tried? Well, I don't. Th- I don't see the BCNAP doing anything more. I think this is it. This is their court case. They're hoping if, if elements in this party that want the pipeline stopped, it will seek other legal challenges. Again, this is the type of issue that can divide the NDP. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have to be very careful here. There's a strong component that is very much part of jobs and the economy, growing the economy, building the resource industries. Uh, which means embracing pipelines. And there's a wing of the party that's very strong um, environmental activist uh, wing of the party. And that's why I think you see a premier's office here that's walking a very fine line between the two groups and straddling a very politically tenuous position. And uh, they did what they had to do, and I just don't see them doing any more than what they did. All right, Keith, thank you. All right, thank you, Sammy. That's Keith Baldry, Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief.